Lesson number 87, Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 151 to 165. Qul say, Ta'alaw, you all come. Atlu, I will recite. Ma that which, Harrama, he forbid, Rabbukum, your Lord, alaykum, upon you. The Prophet ﷺ is told over here, that tell the people, come, listen to me, I will tell you what it is that Allah has actually forbidden on you. You have made many things haram on yourselves, and you have made some haram things lawful on yourself. So the whole religion is mixed up on you. There's so much confusion. You don't know what's right, you don't know what's wrong. Come, I will tell you, what is it that Allah has actually forbidden? So you can stay away from those things. Like we discussed earlier, that what happens is that shaitan, he distracts us from what is more important. What we actually have to do, shaitan, he makes us forget that. Or he makes us negligent towards that. We don't give it that much importance. And then, we start worrying about things which are unnecessary. So for instance, you have an exam. You should be concerned about what? Preparing and studying for the exam. But what happens with some people is that they're concerned about what they're going to wear, hmm? how they're going to go, what they're going to eat that morning, what snack they're going to take along with them, who they're going to sit next to, which pen they're going to write with. So their whole time goes into worrying about unnecessary things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saving us from that. Because life is short, it is very precious. So you really have to know what you have to do and what you have to stay away from. Because you don't have eternity in this dunya. You really have to have on your fingertips what you need to do and what you need to stay away from. So the Prophet ﷺ is told over here, tell the people, come, I will tell you what you're not allowed to do. So, قُلْ تَعَالَوْ أَتْلُوا مَا حَرَّمَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ Notice the word ta'ala. Ta'ala is from Ain Lam Waw, Ulu. What does Ulu mean? Height. Ta'ala is to call someone to a high place. This is what literally means. That come up. Meaning, I will tell you about such things which if you follow, and the wrong things which if you stay away from, what will happen? You will come out of your humiliation and the disgrace that you've imposed on yourself. And Allah will elevate you. Allah will set you free. Allah will raise your ranks. So what is it that will truly bring honor to you? Following these commands. And in these verses that we will study today, there are certain commands about which the ulama have said that these commands, these laws were common teachings of all the prophets of Allah. Meaning all of the prophets of Allah, they brought these teachings. Even though the details, they must have been different. They brought different shara'ir. But this was the main message brought by all of the prophets of Allah. Ibn Abbas said that these verses are muhkamat. Muhkamat meaning they contain such ahkam that you have to follow them. Ibn Mas'ud said, whoever wishes to read the will and testament of the Messenger of Allah on which he placed his seal, then let him read these verses. Meaning this is the message brought by the Prophet ﷺ. And not just him, 
but all the prophets before. Some said that these are the commandments that were given to the Yahud as well, the Ten Commandments. And what are they? First of all, Allah, that not, Tushriku, you all associate, Bihi, with Him, Shay'a, anything. First and foremost, you do not associate any partner with Allah. Shay'a, no person, no angel, no rock, no tree, no animal, no creature, no light, nothing. Do not associate anything with Allah. Why? Because He is Wahid Al-Ahad, Alladhi Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad. And there is none like Him. Therefore, do not associate anyone with Allah. And this is something so important that if a person stays away from shirk, then even though he may have committed other sins, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will still forgive him. Why? Because he stayed away from shirk. In Sahih Muslim we learn, whoever dies associating none with Allah, then eventually he will enter Jannah. Eventually he will enter Jannah. Meaning Allah will forgive him for the other sins eventually. And he will enter Jannah. But what's the condition? That he must have stayed away from shirk. But the sad reality is that majority of the people, they believe in Allah, however, they associate partners with him. So the first thing that you should stay away from is Allah tushriku bihi shay'a. That you should not associate any partners with Allah. And what else has he commanded? One thing I'd like to clarify before we move on is that at the beginning it has been said, I'll tell you what Allah forbade on you. And in the list we will find some prohibitions and some commandments. Okay? Doesn't mean that those commandments are what Allah forbade. No. It means that's what you have to do. It's just that haram has been mentioned earlier. Why? Because the mushrikeen had made halal things haram on themselves. So given the context in which this list was given, this is why مَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمْ was mentioned. However, the list comprises of both prohibitions as well as commands. What else has He commanded you? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ And with the two parents, إِحْسَانًا Utmost good. Meaning Allah commands you that you do utmost good with the parents. Because after Allah, for amongst human beings, after the messenger, whose right is the greatest? After the right of Allah and His Messenger, whose right is the greatest? Your parents. Even though you may not feel any love for them because you feel distant from them and you have no connection with them and you are in a different world from which they are in. You're very different from them. You think differently. You live differently. Still, what does Allah say? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Why Ihsan? For the very fact that they are your parents. They are the source of your coming into this world. They are the source of your living today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you through them. So they have an Ihsan on you. For just this reason that your mother gave birth to you. She carried you for several weeks, for several months in her body. She gave birth to you through the pain that no man can ever understand and no woman can ever understand until she actually goes through it. She went through such transformation in her body just to give birth to you. And she didn't regret that. And she went through so many sleepless nights disturbed sleep because of you. 
She sacrificed her career, her personal time. Why? For you. She sacrificed going to social events. She sacrificed so many things. Why? Because of you. Your dad, the money that he earned, instead of using that to fulfill his desires, what did he do? He went and bought diapers for you. He went and bought clothes for you, which you only wore for a couple of weeks. They spent on you. Their money, their time, their physical energy, to the point of times when they were physically exhausted, mentally drained. You know like when you're tired, and then on top of that you have a screaming child in your head? You just want to jump out the window. That's what you want to do. But parents don't do that. They will still hold the child, right? And try to comfort the child even though they're exhausted. So for this reason only, even though they've yelled at you many times, even though they don't spend on you anymore, even though they may say things to you which are very hurtful, you know what? doesn't matter. They did ihsan on you, so you have to do ihsan to them. You have to do ihsan towards your parents, whether they live with you or they live far from you. If they live with you, through different ways you can do ihsan. If they live far from you, then you have to do ihsan towards them as well. How? There could be different ways, but one of the things that you can do is doing something with your time, with your life, with your money that will make them happy. That will make them happy. That they are pleased with you. Because unfortunately, our parents raise us, and then at the end, we do what we want to, even though our parents are unhappy. And we don't care about their unhappiness. Why? Because we're more concerned about our desires, about our future. And we don't care about their happiness. They sacrificed for you, and you don't care about their happiness. That's really wrong. So, with the parents, do ihsan, utmost good through whatever way that you can. You can never be indifferent to your parents. You can never ignore your parents. No, you have to do ihsan with your parents. And then, wala and do not. Taqtulu. The third thing which he has forbidden on you is what? That you should not kill awladakum, your children, min from imlaqin, fear of poverty. Do not kill your children out of fear of poverty. Imlaq is from meem, lam, qaf. And imlaq doesn't just mean faqr. It doesn't just mean poverty. It's actually the fear of becoming poor. How? That you fear that what you have will finish and then you will have nothing left. And therefore, you will become poor. It's like a person thinking that I have food in my refrigerator. If I cook it and feed it to other people, then I will have no food left. Okay, you will have no food left, but Allah has blessed you with another paycheck with which you can go to the grocery store and buy more food and come back and fill your refrigerator with that food. So what is imlaq? This fear that I will have nothing. This fear that we will have less. That we will become poor. If I drink this juice, I will have no juice left. If I use this perfume, I will have no perfume left. If I use this cream, I will have no cream left. If I use this soap, I will have no soap left. If I wear these clothes, they will become old and I will have no clothes left. And this is from shaitan. This kind of negative thinking is from who? Shaitan. Because shaitan threatens you with poverty. Tell me, are you using the same soap that you used the first day of your life? No. Didn't Allah give you so many soaps afterwards? Yes. Are you eating the same food that you bought three years ago? No. 
Allah fed you then, He fed you later, and He's feeding you today. If He's been feeding you all your life, you think He's not going to feed you in the future? He will. So why do you have this fear? Why do you have this fear? Be hopeful. Be hopeful. Have trust in Allah. And always have this hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whenever you have this fear, I will become poor, I won't have money left. What will I do? Always tell yourself, Allah gave me before, He's giving me now, and inshallah He will give me in the future. I'm not my provider. Allah is my provider. He is the one who will provide me. So this is why Allah says, don't kill your children out of fear of poverty. Because many people, either they don't have children out of fear of poverty, or if they are expecting children, then they are afraid of becoming poor. Right? And the mushrikeen of Arabia, what would they do? That they would have children, and then they would have this fear that how are we going to feed our children? So instead of our children starving to death, we're going to kill them ourselves. Allah says, no, don't do that. Because nahnu, we, narzukukum, we provide you. Wa'iyahum and them also. We provide you, and we will also provide them. You didn't come to this world with money with which you could buy your food. No, Allah gave you that. And just like that, Allah will also send food for your children. It works the exact opposite way. We think because of children, money will become less. But the reality is that because of children, the money will become more. You know why? Because now there are more people whose risk Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send. And think about it, living in this country, every time a child is born, what happens? The child is given money from the government. Right? So, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ You are not your provider, and you are not their provider either. Allah is the one who provides. And it happens with many people. Many people. I've seen this myself. That as soon as they have their children, as a new child is born, there's just more money coming in. When people will come into your life and you are responsible to take care of them, then Allah will give you more to spend on them. Because remember, risk is not in your hands. It's Allah who provides. So, نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ So, the fear of poverty should not make a person stingy. Should not make a person delay the sunnah of marriage. And delay having children as well. If it's other reasons, that's understandable. Health, you know, a woman is busy with her education, that's a different story. However, just the fear of poverty should not be the cause. No, because Allah is a provider. Wala and do not taqrabu, you go near. Do not even go close to al-fawahish, the indecencies, plural of fahisha. What are fahisha acts? Indecent acts. Such acts which are evil in themselves and they affect other people also. Top of the list is zina, adultery, fornication. Because it's an immoral, evil act and it affects other people also. Because evil spreads in the society. Marriages break. Children are lost. Right? So, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ الْفَوَاحِشِ Don't even go near indecent actions. Which indecent actions? مَا that which ظَهَرَ It was apparent, minha from it. وَمَا and that which بَطَنَ It was hidden. Meaning whether that fahisha is apparent or hidden. We learned about sins that are open and hidden. Meaning that are done publicly and that are done secretly. So whether this fahisha is publicly having a haram relationship or it is having a secret haram relationship, whether it is 
something like zina or the secret habit of playing with one's own private parts, this is also wrong. وَلَا تَقْرَبُ الْفَوَاحِشَ مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا وَمَا بَطَنْ Don't go near such fawahish. Whether they're open or they're secret. Whether they are acceptable to the society or they're not acceptable to the society. Still, you will not go near them because Allah does not approve of it. وَلَا And do not. تَقْتُلُوا You will kill. النَّفْسَ The soul. Do not kill the person. Which person? الَّتِي That which? حَرَّمَ He forbade. Allahu Allah. Meaning Allah has not allowed you to take that person's life away. Do not kill them. The only person you're allowed to kill is who? إِلَّا except بِالْحَقْ With the right, with the justification. Meaning there is a just reason for killing that person. So for instance, there is war going on. And one army is facing the other. So over here, obviously, it means that you kill one another. So if somebody comes in front of you, yes, you are going to raise the weapon against them. Why? Because they're coming to do the same to you. And this is the reason why you came in front of each other. So in that case, different story. Like for example, a person has committed a serious crime for which there is capital punishment. So that is different. But an innocent person who has not committed a crime, who's just walking down the street, no, that's not right. وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ And we know about the sanctity of a believer's life. It is more than the karba itself. It is more than the karba. And when it comes to a non-Muslim's life, because many times people think, oh, kafir, what's the big deal? We're at war with them anyway. Who said you're at war with them? If you were living in their country, and you have a peace agreement with them, how can you raise weapons against them? And how can you kill innocents? The Prophet ﷺ said, this is a hadith in Bukhari, that whoever killed a person, having a treaty of protection with Muslims, a treaty of protection, what does that mean? That there is agreement between you two that you're not gonna kill each other. You're not gonna fight one another. Whether it is that a Muslim nation has a peace treaty with a non-Muslim nation, or it is that you're living in the same society, and part of the rules is that you will respect each other's life, you will not take each other's life away, then a person who kills a Muslim, who kills a person having a treaty of protection with the Muslims, he shall not smell the fragrance of paradise. He will not smell the fragrance of paradise, even though its fragrance is perceived from a distance of 40 years. Such a person will not even go near Jannah. The one who kills a non-Muslim, okay, but that non-Muslim has a peace treaty with the Muslims. Meaning there is an agreement that we will respect each other's life. If you're at war, that's a different story. But when you're at peace and still you go and violate, then this is a serious crime. So, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ ذَلِكُمْ ذَاتْ أَوْ يُوْ أَلْ وَصَّاكُمْ He has instructed you. وَصَّاكُمْ From wasiyah, وَصَادِيَا What is wasiyah? An important instruction given with a lot of emphasis. This Allah tells you, بِهِ with it لَعَلَّكُمْ So that you تَعْقِلُونَ You use your aql, you use your reason. You use your mind and realize what ignorance you're living in and reform your lives. Make them according to how Allah has commanded. Allah has legislated. More commands. Wala and do not. Taqrabu. You approach. Allah also forbids you. From what? From approaching mal wealth of al-yateem, the orphan. Do not go near the wealth of the orphan. 
Because in Arabia, it was common. If a man died, he left children, and the children are the heirs of their father's property, what would they do? They would go and just take that property. Because what is that two-year-old child going to do? What is that five-year-old child going to do? What is that 15-year-old kid going to do? They can't defend themselves. So just go, take whatever you want. Allah says, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا مَالَ الْيَتِيمِ Do not even go near the orphan's wealth. Earlier we learned in Surah An-Nisa that those who consume the wealth of the orphans unlawfully, what are they in reality consuming? Fire. They're consuming fire. They're taking parts of hellfire for themselves. That's what they're preparing. إِلَّا except The only case where you're allowed to approach the orphan's wealth is when? بِلَّتِي With that which here it is أَحْسَنْ best. Meaning only approach in the best manner. What is that best manner? That you take care of it. Why? In order to protect it. In order to make it grow. So for example, you invest it so that it can grow. You look after it so that by the time the orphan grows up, his wealth is safe and secure. So in that manner, yes, you may approach it. But if it's something else that you want to use it for yourself, then you better keep away. Because then you'll be taking a portion of hellfire for yourself. And do that, be careful about the orphan's wealth, hatta until yabluga he reaches ashuddahu, his maturity. His full strength, ashud, from sheen dal dal, shadid, strong, severe. So ashuddahu, his full strength, whether it is mental or physical, meaning when the orphan is fully capable of looking after his wealth, managing his wealth, then yes, you give it to him. Until then, you look after it. But don't misuse any of it. So we see that basically in these commands and prohibitions, the common evils, the evil that was prevalent in that Arabian society, they are being mentioned. Because this was very common, you consuming the wealth of the orphan. وَأَوْفُوا And you all fulfill الْكَيْلَ الْكَيْلَ The measure. وَالْمِيزَانَ And the weight. الْكَيْلَ From كَافِيَ لَامْ Kail is used for measure. So for example, length or volume of a liquid. Okay, So when you are measuring something, the length of something, the volume of something, or mizan. Mizan is weight. So when you're weighing something, so for instance, you're selling something by length, by volume, by weight, then how should you do that? Awfu, fulfill it, bilqist, with the justice. Meaning be fair over there. Don't give less. And don't take more. So for example, you're supposed to give one meter or let's say 10 inches worth of something to someone and you just make it nine and a half. You make it nine. You're like, what's the big deal? It's only an inch, only half an inch. No, they're paying you for it. You better give them full. You cannot reduce it. If you do that, that would be wrong. That would be a serious crime. It's khiyana. In the Quran, what do we learn? Woe to those who cause reduction. Meaning who cause reduction to loss to others by taking just a little bit away. By giving just a little bit less. Wail, hmm? woe to them. Destruction for such people. When it comes to their own rights, they're very particular, 100%. Right? I only work from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock, not 5.01, not 5.02. So I have to exit at 5. Right? But when it comes to doing your own work, then what happens over there? Yeah, it's okay if I left one section of the report blank. It's okay if I ignore this one email. It's okay if I leave this part of the work. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. 
You have to have the same standards for yourself and for others. So when you're giving something by volume, by weight, by measure, make sure you do it with justice. Allah says, لا not نُكَلِّفُ We burden nafsan any soul إِلَّا except وُسْعَهَا its capacity. No soul is burdened with more than what it can bear. In other words, the commands that Allah is giving you over here, they're not impossible. They are doable. They're practical. They're not impossible. You can actually do them. So for instance, if you're measuring 10 inches, is it really that difficult? Is it really that impossible? It's not. It's not impossible. In fact, to do khiyana, you have to put in more effort. Because then you're like, okay, let me take quarter inch from here and quarter inch from there. Right? And if you follow the rules, if you're fair and just, that's actually much easier. Much easier. You know like sometimes people try to avoid giving taxes. Right? So what do they do? They try to you know, squeeze $5 from here and $10 from there. And they go through their entire accounts and figure out, okay, how can I save a little bit more money? Really? Just give it. What's the big deal? It'll come back to you when you next time you go to the doctors. It'll come back to you. If you're truthful, then you don't have to have good memory. Right? Why? You'll say the truth all the time. Right? To to change the details and to present truth as falsehood, then you have to remember all the details and like, let me mix it up this way, let me mix it up that way. Just keep your life simple. La nukallifu nafsan illa wus'aha. And this also means that no person will be burdened with more than it can bear. That sometimes it happens that you're trying your best to be fair and just. However, after all, you're a human being. And what happens? Accidentally, you give a little bit less. You take a little bit more. Okay? Why? Because at the end of the day, what are you? A human being. So for instance, you're giving someone something that is supposed to be 10 inches long. Okay? And you just take the measuring tape, you measure it and you give it. And then later on you realize that, oh, it was an eighth of an inch less. Eighth of an inch less. Okay? Not half, not two thirds, eighth of an inch. Right? So that is a little bit only and it was an honest mistake. It was an honest mistake. And it happens many times. That, for instance, your time is at work until 5 o'clock. You thought it was 5 o'clock, but then as soon as you sit in the car, you see it's 4.59. It was an honest mistake. Now, it doesn't make sense that you get up and you pack up and you go again and put your jacket on. By the time you'll get inside, it'll be 5.05 anyway. So you're like, okay, forget it. But that one minute, you're getting paid for it. However, you didn't work. Right? But it was an honest mistake. So, لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا It was an honest mistake. Inshallah, Allah will be forgiving over there. But when you realize that this is happening, then make up for it through other ways. Make up for it through other ways. وَإِذَا and when. Another command that Allah gives you is what? That when قُلْتُمْ you speak, when you speak, then فَعْدِلُوا Then be just, be fair. Be fair in your speech. What does this mean? Be fair in your speech. So for instance, you are praising someone. That's speech, right? So what do we have to remember? I have to be fair in this praise also. Because sometimes what happens is that we like somebody. And because we like them when we're praising them, we praise them more than necessary. 
So for instance, did their assignment on time. So we say, yeah, you know, mashallah, she's always on time. And mashallah, she's never absent. Really? That's not true. Just because they did their assignment on time doesn't mean they're perfect in every other way. No. But what happens? If we like someone, we just praise them, you know, to no limit. And on the other hand, when it comes to criticism, again, we're not always fair and just. Just because we don't like someone, we'll criticize every little thing. Every little thing about them. Even the way that they look, and the way that they talk, and the way that they cook, and the way that they stand, and the way that they walk. Right? Because every little thing about them bothers us. So we criticize everything. But what does Allah say? وَإِذَا قُلْتُمْ فَاعْدِلُوا Be just and fair in your speech. When we're telling somebody about something, we're narrating to them an incident, in that sometimes we exaggerate. We exaggerate. And we say, she was looking so beautiful. So beautiful. I can't even tell you. Like amazing. Like princess. Like fairy. Like whatever. It's very rare that people say such things. right? Because we always find faults in others. But when we're telling people about something, we exaggerate a lot. Somebody was speeding, maybe by... 10 kilometers an hour, and we say, oh, they were going on 200 kilometers an hour. Really? That's not the case. But we exaggerate. Somebody said one nasty word to us, and we say, oh, they're so rude. And they yelled at me. They gave it to me. They humiliated me. Fardilu, be just and fair. Whether you're talking about your children, or you're talking about your parents, or you're talking about your friends, about people you like, people you don't like, whatever it is. وَإِذَا قُلْتُمْ فَعْدِلُوا وَلَوْ كَانَ And even if it is the qurba, possessor of near relationship. Meaning, the person whom you're talking about, even if he's very close to you in relationship, maybe your own children, still be fair. Be fair. Because what happens is, that our own children, we don't want to recognize, we don't want to accept their faults. We don't want to accept their shortcomings. Or our own family members. So for instance, your husband, your sister, your brother, your mother, we don't want to accept that they made a mistake. So we will defend them, even if they've done something wrong. Even if they deserve to be criticized for something wrong that they have done or said. But Allah says, وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَةً Even if it's a close relative, be fair in your speech about them and to them. وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَةً وَبِعَهْدِ اللَّهِ Another commandment, that with the covenant of Allah, أَوْفُوا You all fulfill. Meaning you've made a promise with Allah, now fulfill it. Or you've made a promise with someone else, with some people, in the name of Allah, fulfill that. Don't break it. ذَلِكُمْ That, O you all, وَصَّاكُمْ He commands you, He enjoins on you, He instructs you, بِهِ with it لَعَلَّكُمْ So that you تَذَكَّرُونَ You all remember, you all take heed. Meaning Allah gives you all these commands so that you remember them. You take them to heart, you apply them. Not that you forget about them. So take these commands seriously. Don't take them lightly. وَأَنَّ And that indeed, the last, the tenth one is which one? That وَأَنَّ هَذَا And that indeed this, صِرَاطِي is my way. The Prophet ﷺ is told to tell the people that this is my way. What is my way? What I've told you over here. Don't do shirk. What the parents do good. 
right? Don't do zina, don't kill, fulfill promises, be fair in your speech. This whole list that is given over here, this is my way. This is the way of the Prophet ﷺ. Mustaqima, one that is straight. This is the straight way. Therefore, fattabi'uhu. So follow it. Make sure that you follow this way. Wala and do not tattabi'u. You follow as-subul, the ways. Meaning, as-subul is a plural of sabil. That there are so many other ways out there. Meaning ways of living. So many ways. Don't follow them. Rather, you must follow this. So for example, when it comes to relationships, what is mentioned in these commands? That, stay away from zina. Right? But we see that there are other lifestyles in which zina is committed, it is accepted. But what does Allah say? وَلَا subul. Do not follow other ways. This way of the Prophet ﷺ, what does it say? Do not commit shirk. There are many other ways out there in which shirk is done openly. Different kinds of shirk are done, right? But what does Allah say? Do not follow that. In this, what do we learn? Bilwalidaini ihsana, with the parents do good. There are other lifestyles out there in which parents are treated like nothing, really. They're treated like strangers. They're treated like ignorant people, like backward people. They're given no respect whatsoever. What does Allah say? Don't follow that way. So any way of life, any practice, any action that contradicts the way that Allah has taught us, that contradicts the way of the Prophet ﷺ, what do we learn? Do not follow that. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُ السُّبُلُ What do we have to follow? The Qur'an and the Sunnah. Anything that contradicts that, we have to stay away from it. Why? Because if you follow it, then what will happen? فَتَفَرَّقَ So it will separate. تَفَرَّقَ from فَرَّقَفْ تَفَرُّقْ is to create division, to, to create separation. So if you follow the other ways, it will separate بِكُمْ with you and from سَبِيلِهِ His way. Meaning it will separate you from the way of Allah. Meaning, it will not let you remain on the right path. Then you will end up somewhere else. Instead of reaching Allah's pleasure, what will you reach? Something else. And what is that something else? His anger, his punishment, his disapproval. So this is a very serious matter. Because sometimes people say, what's the big deal? You know, you say it's a bid'ah. What's the big deal? People are reciting Qur'an. So what? People are doing sajda. So what if they're doing it to a grave? I mean, you know, people are doing it with a very good intention. Ultimately, they want to make Allah happy. So what? If they're doing this wrong, if they're doing that wrong. No. You know what will happen? It will deviate you from the right course of action. And when you will take a wrong turn, even slightly, then what will happen? You will end up somewhere else. You know, sometimes on the highway, literally, when you change the lane from just one to the next, what happens? You will end up in a completely different place. Completely different place. So, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلَ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ That, O oh, you all, وَصَّاكُمْ He instructed you, He enjoins you, بِهِ with it لَعَلَّكُمْ So that you تَتَّقُونَ You all save yourselves. Meaning Allah is emphasizing this, that you follow the right way. Don't follow other ways. Why? So that you can be saved from what? 
from punishment. You can have taqwa, you can be saved from punishment. Because if you follow other ways, then there's punishment awaiting at the end. Once the Prophet ﷺ, he drew a line okay, in the sand with his hand. He drew a line in the sand. And then he said, هَذَا سَبِيلُ اللَّهِ مُسْتَقِيمًا This is the right way of Allah, meaning the way that leads to Allah. And then he drew lines to the right and left of that line. So he drew lines parallel to that on the right and on the left. And he said, these are other paths. And on each path there is a devil who calls to it. Meaning, there are so many other ways out there of making money, of having relationships, of eating food, of dealing with your parents, of worship. There are so many other ways. And isn't that so? There is a gazillion ways out there to do anything. So many ways. But what do we learn? That on each is a shaitan calling towards it. So be careful. Don't follow that. Instead, remain firm on the right path. And shaitan is constantly going to call you towards other ways. And he will belittle the wrong action for you. What's the big deal? The whole world does it. It's innocent. It's pure love. Come on. It's natural. Right? Shaitan will put these thoughts in a person's mind. You know, deviating him. The Prophet ﷺ warned us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us over here as well. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. قُلْ تَعَالَوْا أَتْلُ مَا حَرَّمَ رَبُّكُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ أَلَّا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا أَلَّا تُشْرِكُوا بِهِ شَيْئًا وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ مِنْ إِمْلَاقٍ نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَإِيَّاهُمْ وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا الْفَوَاحِشَ مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا وَمَا بَطَنْ وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا مَالَ الْيَتِيمِ إِلَّا بِالَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ حَتَّى يَبْلُغَ أَشُدَّهُ وَأَوْفُوا الْكَيْلَ وَالْمِيزَانَ بِالْقِسْطُ لَا نُكَلِّفُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا وَإِذَا قُلْتُمْ فَاعْدِلُوا وَلَوْ كَانَ ذَا قُرْبَى وَبِعَهْدِ اللَّهِ أَوْفُوا ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ وَأَنَّ هَذَا صِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا فَاتَّبِعُوهُ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا السُّبُلَ فَتَفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ ذَلِكُمْ وَصَّاكُمْ بِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ If somebody asks you, what is Islam? What do Muslims do? What do they practice? What are the first things that come to your mind? Well, we don't take interest. Well, um, women are supposed to cover. Well, men are supposed to have beards. And yes, we don't eat pork. Yes, we don't drink alcohol. We talk about these things. Yes, they are part of our religion. 
However, remember this is Surah Al-An'am is a Makki Surah. Right? This was early part of Islam. And what do we learn? That these are the first teachings that people should be informed of. That this is what Allah wants us to do. This is what He wants us to stay away from. And if you think about it, all the things that are mentioned over here, they're logical, they make sense. If Allah tells us, don't kill your children out of fear of poverty because He's your provider, this is an amazing instruction. If He tells us, be good towards your parents, I mean, every person who has a sound heart and mind will agree with this. Allah tells us, fulfill your covenants, fulfill your promises. Every person who has integrity will agree with this. Right? So these are the teachings of Islam. But unfortunately, people have a completely different image of what Islam is. Right? Completely different image of what Muslims do, what they believe in. So for instance, they believe that Muslim people, they don't like daughters. So they kill their daughters. Right? Sometimes when they're pregnant with them, and sometimes when their daughter, she doesn't wear hijab, they will kill her. Or if she has a boyfriend, they will kill her. Isn't this common about the Muslims? Isn't this what the people believe about us? Muslims, they don't fulfill their promises. Muslims, they cheat and they lie. Think about it. How much is it that we practice these teachings? We're very concerned about ingredients and sub-ingredients. We give a lot of importance to that, about the length of our hijab. And we worry a lot about these things. Yes, they are important, but these are more important. Because these are the first things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded His servants with. Imagine, all the prophets of Allah brought these teachings. So how important it is for us to follow these as well. But we are distracted. We are more concerned about you know, which institute to go to and which scholar to listen to and who to refute and who to agree with. We're more concerned about these things. This should be our priority, our main focus. Our relationships, our aqidah, our attitude towards our parents, our commitments and promises, our dealings with other people. This is the foundation. This is the foundation of your moral character. And if it's not strong, if this is not correct, then the whole structure will be weak. This is what we need to focus on and everything will fall in place. Assalamualaikum. I feel like, especially nowadays, um, we tend to focus on our outward image more than our hearts and you know the purification of them. And so instead of worrying about, oh, what do I think of this person or that person, or I should keep my hearts clean, I should focus on the remembrance of Allah instead of, you know, the outward, oh, I should protect, like, pray like this or that. Like, it, we tend to focus on just, you know, how we sound to other people to pretend to seem righteous than yes. actually act upon properly what we have learned. Very true. Yes. Yes, I, I just want to advise the teenager here. You have to be very careful about your mothers, you know. Uh, your mothers is your amana. You have to take care of them. You have to obey them because if you don't, believe me, it will bite back. It will come back to you. Very true. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I remember the chaplain from St. George campus came to our university and we were doing like this workshop on da'wah and it was very interesting the video he was showing and what he said was that we worry so much about telling other people like more specifically non-muslims about we are not that we forget to tell them what we actually are yes so we tell you know them oh we don't do this we don't do that but what exactly are we if we can't really tell them what 
Yes. You know, we stand for. Yes. So the next time somebody asks you about Islam or somebody wants to know, make sure that you tell them about these teachings. They're logical. They make perfect, complete sense to any person who uses their mind and heart. This is the da'wah of the prophets. This was the call of the prophets. 